cliffcentral.com. All right, let me welcome to the show this morning, uh, Vili Foss. Now, we've, we've spoken to, to Vili before, but uh, not on this show, and, and he's been a part of the cliffcentral.com family for a long while now. I'll quickly give you a bit of background because there's a lot happening at, at Waterfall, which is what, what Vili does as his day job. But I'm going to give you a, a bit of a picture, and you can imagine for a minute riding your bike through the city, never being stopped by a red light. Imagine a city powered using... 100% recycled waste. Imagine always being connected to the latest community alerts and news, which we were talking about earlier in real time. Imagine a safe and clean city that is self-sustaining. Well, as technology continuously evolves, everything around us is getting much, much smarter, from your computer, your phone, your TV, to your fridge, even your clothes. Just about everything that we use in everyday life can be enabled for analyzing, storing, sending data. It can be used to improve various aspects of our lives. And what happens when you look at the bigger picture? You know, if you start to see the city and you start to think about how cities are getting smarter every day. When things get smart, it is the city that conforms to the citizen, not the other way around. And this is really what our new series is all about. Um, it's a, it's the third season we've done with Waterfall and it's all about smart cities and we're going to hear about places like Prague, Singapore, Copenhagen, Oslo, and Tokyo, and then bring it home to Waterfall Estate in Johannesburg, South Africa, which really is a city within a city. And, Vili, it's, it's your job to run these things at, at Waterfall. It's a huge business that you're involved in there. It's a lot that you have to do on a daily basis, right? Good morning, Gareth. Yes, um, but I must say I'm fortunate that it's, uh, I've got a good team <clears throat> various people assisting us. Yeah. And, um, you know, one person can't do it on its own, but um, it is a, it is a, a rather large uh, environment in which we are operating. And it's considering it being a private um, institution. It's about 2,200 hectares in total that uh, we are working on. And uh, I can tell you that we never have a dull moment here. So tell me quickly, because for people who don't live in Johannesburg, who don't know Waterfall, and maybe they haven't heard our podcast series yet, um, Waterfall Estate comprises, I mean, a lot of people will know the, the where the Mall of Africa is, right? That's, that's an incredible yes. development right in the middle of Waterfall. But you guys have how many residential estates inside Waterfall City? Gareth, at the moment, we've got eight um, different residential estates. Um, I think by the time we are finished, we will have... Close to 12. Sure. Um, it changes a little bit from time to time um, in, term, in terms of the size and so on. But um, at the moment, we've got just over 6,000 residential units already completed. And we have uh, approximately 18,000 people living here. Wow. Um, we say sleeping here every day because um, there are many more people coming to Waterfall on a daily basis. Um, our um, estimate at the moment is that it's close to 25,000 people that are working at Waterfall on a daily basis, you know, if you hmm. take the various offices and so on into consideration. So tell me, because, again, for people who are trying to imagine what this looks like, Waterfall is, is kind of right in the middle between Pretoria and, and Johannesburg. It's a huge expanse of land. It's got it's it's beautiful piece of property. I mean, there's a there's a river that goes through it. There's uh, there's shopping centres. There are there are hospitals. There are schools. Is it true that you don't even have to leave Waterfall City anymore 
for, for many of the residents. They, they don't have to go anywhere. Like you could send your kids to school. You could do your shopping. You could pretty much do anything. During lockdown, it must have been one of the best places to be. I must say, especially during lockdown, it was a fantastic place to be because um, we literally, you know, we have just over 30 kilometers of walking trails and uh, we've got a mountain, mountain bike trail as well. That's now specifically Waterfall Country Estate and the Equestrian Estate, the retirement villages that have the access to that particular infrastructure. But the other estates, we also have um, walking trails and uh, the Proximity to the shops uh, are really very convenient. We mm-hmm. do have a waterfall hospital on 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 the development. Um, look, all the um, shops and, and other amenities are obviously open to people of the general public as well. It's not exclusively to people living at waterfall, but if you live at waterfall, it is very convenient because the, we've got two schools, right, uh, or two school groups. Let me rather put it that because we've got the pre-primary school. Uh, Junior primary, senior primary, and usually the high school and the high school components as well. But one tertiary institution um, that's um, part of the Kiro um, uh, group, right. Stadio is what they call them. And then um, we have the uh, hospital, the frail cares, um, the retirement villages, and um, and then obviously the offices um, where most people can do. You know, it's retail. Commercial as well as a little bit of light industrial it's, that we have. It's on, kind on of it's perfect, and I mean, well, we've all learned how important it is to be located in a place where you can take maximum advantage of all of this stuff, and where you don't have to be traveling far distances between work and home. And I think for a lot of people, this sounds ideal. You guys have won a ton of awards, haven't you? Tell me about some of the awards that you've won. Gareth, yes, we this year for the fourth year in a row won the best mixed use or international mixed use development. Um, for us, it's a real honor. Um, this competition has been running for the last twenty-eight years. Uh, there are a few a few categories. Four main categories: is in architecture and uh, interior design, and then there's developments and real estate. And under the developments category, they have this um, mixed use. Development and we uh, compete with various countries over the world. This year, in the last uh, round, there were 13 countries from um, six different continents hmm. um, that were in the final, so to speak. And uh, we managed to win, win it, win it again. Congratulations! So, uh, I was really, very surprised uh, because the competition is really very strong. We compete against countries, uh, especially in the Far East and in the Middle East. Those um, countries have a lot of money that mm. they are investing in uh, in infrastructure and developments, and it's really the world's best architects and engineers and so on that That's are amazing. involved in it. So, uh, well, well, well done. I think it's it's really cool that you are able to to be internationally recognized for the work that you guys are doing at, at Waterfall. But I know we're doing this series with you on smart cities, and this is really one of the main reasons I wanted to talk to you this morning. Tell me about some of the stuff that that is going on when it comes to urban planning, technology, the cities of the future, what they'll look like, what they'll feel like. I mean, it's hard for many of us to imagine this stuff, and you deal with it every day. What exciting things can you tell us about what the city of the future might look like? Well, just before I go there, I just want to say that, you know, people think that when you say smart city, 
Um, it's just a pie in the sky type of idea, and uh, it's only tech and so on. But smart city is also uh, a sustainable environment. And I often say that um, in our country, um, you, you don't necessarily have to use only tech to, to become smart. You, you must just think smart. Mm-hmm. And that's not, it shouldn't be that difficult. So, but it's a combination of a number of things. Um, it is obviously the technology and then it's your um, energy resources, how you manage that. Right. In our case, we have um, <clears throat> embarked on a, a number of initiatives, but obviously uh, one of the first things that I can mention is the security environment. Um, when we compare that with uh, other countries in the world, you know, if you look at the type of technology that we are employing um, in our estates and access to um, office parks and so on, that is already a very sophisticated environment in which we are operating in. Right. And then, obviously, um, the um, the water use, we've um, especially at DAC and, and Bowen, um, have a few buildings that are already Green Star uh, four-star green green rating buildings, and they are going for five-star green rating buildings as well. What does that and mean? Those buildings, uh, when, when, if you're well, a what is, if you're a green rated building, does that mean you you are energy efficient, um, environmentally yes, use, not doing any damage, all that kind of stuff, right? Yes. So um, to give you an example, um, in these buildings, the water usage is measured literally by you know on a on a minute by well it's live mm. so um, we have statistics um that can show us when the peak times for water usage is and in the evenings um you can see when everyone's supposed to be out of the building if there is still water running and that if there is that usually is an indication that there's somewhere there's a tap open or there's wow. um, you know something that's leaking or so so we have managed to introduce that at uh, quite a number of the buildings already, and uh, uh, we are reducing the uh, the water usage quite significantly. And over and above that, it's also the use of our landscaping. We have, in some cases, saved about forty percent of our water by using indigenous plants, uh, you know, uh, in in the um, landscaping environment over the last two years. So. Um, that's one aspect of it. Right. Then, obviously, from an electricity point of view, it's also, again, um, to use uh, uh, you know, technology to measure it and see how we can uh, get as little electricity from um, ESCOM because we need and we know that they need it somewhere else. So we obviously are very focused on uh, solar right. energy. Uh, the Mall of Africa has already got a 4.7 MBA uh, power plant on top of the roof of, of the Mall of Africa. Um, and then various other buildings are also running off. I think so this, uh, this stuff is so cool because you, we, we tend to think only of our own houses. But if if you live in an environment where these things are the priority, it's amazing how everybody then is more aware of this stuff. Everybody's They feel like they're all contributing to something which is much more advanced and evolved than if you just lived in the old suburbs. But it is interesting. Like waterfalls, not that old, and you guys have been, you've been putting this, pl- this stuff in place from the very beginning. The vision must have been there from the very start, right? The idea of creating something that is world class, something that is uh, extraordinarily advanced in terms of its thinking. Because most places that are being built aren't thinking like you guys are. Most places are just doing things the old way. 
Yes, um, I think we were fortunate that we started, uh, uh, you know, relatively uh, recently. But I must say we had one gentleman uh, called Clive Will. He unfortunately passed away a few years ago, but Mm -hmm. he was really the uh, initiator of our initiative, the Smart City Initiative. Right. Um, He always said to us right in the beginning, look, it starts with connectivity. You have to have a proper uh, internet uh, network. And uh, when we started, uh, you know, the likes of Telcom and Viacom actually didn't want to come here. They said, come see us when 80% of your development is completed, then we'll speak to you again. (laughs) So uh, we were forced to start with our own um, internet network or or the, you know, laying the fiber. So today we have a a single trench open policy fiber network. We um, and that I must say has helped us a lot. So that means, um, you know, does to, that mean that anyone inside of Waterfall can connect to the fiber network? Yeah, we allow any service provider to come on to our network, but we do not have various cabling networks. And mm. the you know, the, I think there are about eight or nine here in Johannesburg operating. And the problem with that is that every time somebody wants to lay a cable, they dig up the yeah. You know, the pavement and uh, they usually damage some infrastructure. So, in our case, uh, that's uh, we've resolved that quite early, and then also the connection uh, to cell phone infrastructure. Right. Um, we've got the radio planners who planned our cell phone network uh, quite early uh, in the stage. So, mm-hmm. as I say, it starts with connectivity, and thereafter, all the other smart devices and so on that you want to connect to measure traffic. Um, you know, we also have a weather station now that measures wow. literally the wind and the, even the dust. And, um, and pollution the, as well, uh, right? You know, the, whole, the whole environment as far as that is concerned is now currently measured. That's amazing. It's really, really advanced, yeah. and it's, it's so sophisticated and so, so important. These things are, what, are the kinds of things that people used to think, oh, well, you know, only very, very rich people who live on huge sprawling estates of their own could ever have the, the level of management and control that you guys seem to exercise over all of this yeah. in terms of making people's yeah, lives that's, better. That's, that's one of the things that I'm thinking about, um, and to you, Billy, as well, is what sort of rates and taxes are we looking at here? I mean, <laughs> how, do, how, do, how does a resident um, go about paying for all of this amazing technology? Look, I was just saying, uh, and I'm glad that you've mentioned, um, you know, the, the income groups. Uh, we have literally entry-level housing at Waterfall as well. Mm-hmm. Um, it's what we call the gap housing initially. And I must say, when we started with it, the houses were selling in the total package for close to 500,000 rands. Mm-hmm. Uh, over the last number of years, it depreciated um, quite significantly. These days, it's around about a million rands and so on. Without the cheapest house that you will find at Waterfall is around about 750,000 rands. And, um, you know, then going up to the Equestrian Estate uh, where there's over 100 million rands uh, worth of properties. But So that's the one part. As far as rates and taxes are concerned, the rates and taxes um, at, at, in the lower um, end of the market is um, around about 450 rands a month. Uh, and then it goes up to 20,000 rands a month. Sure. Uh, uh, yeah, because that's what the city charges. Sure, um, of course. What we, what we do do is we have uh, an additional levy 
well, it's included in the residential levies where we pool money to, for example, um, do uh, river cleaning, water, mm. um, not purification, but water treatment. Uh, we clean the, um, the road bridges. We do landscaping on the road bridges. And by the way, it's not only um, landscaping for us when we uh, plant indigenous grass and so on. It also helps us with security. Because mm. if you have a nice environment, it sticks out when a person is suddenly laying or lying down on the ground or sitting somewhere Absolutely. where they are not supposed to be sitting. It's, it's easy to, to spot. Mm. So, yeah, yeah, there is a price to pay. Um, but if you look at it, uh, you must almost ask yourself, what's the price you are paying for not doing it? Absolutely. How much? Yeah, I mean, there is that. And, and, and then there's also living in... Um, an older suburb or one of the oldest suburbs of Johannesburg, as I do, and many of us do in sort of the, the parks areas, and how much money is spent on maintaining broken systems and infrastructure and roads and pipes and yeah. um, cutting was- down enormous trees. Um, and there's a lot spent on maintenance when you're living in an older place versus a modern city. Yeah, I think we, there we are um, really very fortunate because we do have maintenance schedules and we try and stick to those schedules. We've learned, I mean, everyone in the country has learned what happens if you don't maintain roads, um, yep. if you don't maintain the electrical infrastructure. The power grid, yeah. It ultimately just becomes so expensive that you basically have to install a brand new system. And that is much more expensive than, uh, than do, just doing the maintenance. So we... We really have um, uh, detailed schedules on on that. Look, there's always room for improvement. Um, I'm sure if you go out here, somebody will find a fault somewhere. But uh, we're trying our best. Um, Listen, and, uh, Vili, I'm all I'm, of this is also. Yeah. No, no, sorry, I, I sorry, didn't mean to interrupt. But we've got we've got a great podcast series launching with you guys, and I mean this is another indication of just how forward thinking Waterfall is. Mm-hmm because you guys are doing the, – the first season was really just for the residents, and, and we didn't even open it up to the public because we thought this is a podcast series that maybe most people won't be interested in. It turned out that lots of people were, and the second season was live to everybody, and you could go and listen to it, on, and you still can, on cliffcentral.com. And now this third season is, is really not just about waterfall. It's about smart cities all over the world and the things that cities are doing to – Make their infrastructure and their and their developments and their shopping and their lifestyle aspects so much more advanced. Tell me what made you decide to do this because I know that you 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 run an, an extremely interesting city within a city there, but there've got to be parts of it that are really interesting to you and that make you excited. Gareth, it's uh, I, I always say to the, the people, it's almost criminal not to have a uh, smart city approach because um, uh, if you have all of this technology and you can uh, use it and you can have smart ways of dealing with waste and uh, energy management, mm-hmm. you should be doing it. You know, in Johannesburg, I'm told, and uh, I might be wrong, but I, I'm pretty sure that it's at least 30% of the water that's leaking every single year. Now, um, if, 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 if that is the case, um, then uh, why not having proper things in place that can measure the use uh, of water? 
So what we are planning at the moment is to um, ensure that by having these uh, discussions, we ensure that we um, learn from, uh, from other institutions and hopefully motivate other people uh, from other um, cities in Johannesburg to do the same. Yeah. Um, and we work together. The more we work together, the the easier it becomes. Um, sure. You know, when the president says uh, he's he's planning a smart city, everyone thinks that it's a pie in the sky. But it, but it's, it's already happening. Doesn't have to be a pie in the sky. It's already happening. Yeah. Here in Africa, people think that we because we're from Africa, we can't do. We can't do these things, but yeah. we certainly can. Well, you guys are leading the way, and I, I'm really pleased we got to speak to you this morning. And you, you will be pleased to know that our new season is already underway with Waterfall, and you can find out more by going to cliffcentral.com. Vili, it's really good to see you. Thank you. Thank you, Gareth. Cliffcentral.com.